Fox Spots and Chair Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Fox Spots and Chair Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Fox Spots and Chair Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover all day. And Fox Spots and Chair Shots, check Savage! Hello to all my people, and if you're watching live, checking us out on YouTube, or listening on your favorite podcast provider, you are most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Spots and Chair Shots. I'm your host, a chef by trade and a mark by choice. I am the Will Gray, and tonight we welcome not only a trio powerhouse on the independent scene, but they're breaking out an AEW, Ring of Honor. They're literally everywhere. We have Primal Fear. Gentlemen, how are y'all this evening? going on man thank you for having us thank you man thanks for having us on i'm ex- yeah, appreciate you thank you super duper excited uh i failed on my side of the journalism approach i didn't ask which of the three of you i was actually gonna have because it was just the primal fear email for the booking uh so having an opportunity to actually get all three of you is uh super pumped really excited about it uh so let's jump into it i'm gonna ask a couple questions let you guys feed off of it one two three however y'all want to answer is cool um you guys currently hold two different sets of titles in super crazy pro wrestling the live champion and the tag titles you guys want to talk about what's going on in super crazy for a minute uh, yeah, as far as the tag titles, we are uh, we're coming up on a year holding them. Uh, last August, uh, we won them, and then uh, Adrian, you won the live uh, a few months ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, I beat uh, Darian Hardway for the Super Crazy Live Championship, and recently defended it for the first time against Ryo in a successful title defense. Uh, you guys also carry the Rise Wrestling Tag Team Champions. Um, how do you guys adjust going from one promotion to another, representing two different titles at the same time? Uh, you know, I feel like we, you know, the, we are who we are, you know, whether we have titles or not. We don't really change our approach for anything. You know, them titles we carry them proudly because we do do a good job representing them no matter what promotion we go to we always let it be known of you know the places where we're champions and yeah um do you when you wear a tag title like that and you have an opportunity there's a rich history in tag team wrestling that dates all the way back to the nwa days um how does it feel to hold a t- uh, some of these territory tag titles and uh, to keep that rich tag team wrestling tradition going Uh, yeah, I mean, for me personally, you know, I've always, my whole life, I've always wanted to be a wrestler, but I've always wanted to be a tag team wrestler. Like, I've always loved uh, tag team wrestling, you know, and uh, the two companies where we're the tag champs now, you know, they're both newer companies, but, you know, we've also been uh, Monster Factory tag champs, I think six times. And, you know, that's a place that, you know, you look at even some of just the tag teams that came out of there, the headbangers, like, you know, they held them titles. Um, yeah. yeah, and plus I think it's uh, super cool that, uh, you know, that we're a trio holding multiple tag team titles on the Indies because I don't even know when it's the last time I've – I don't know if it's ever been done before. Maybe one of you guys can, like, spark me up on that, but I think it's super cool that it's, you know, the three of us doing it. And we're following the, I feel like we're following the blueprint of other successful teams and other successful wrestlers. We want to hold 
gold wherever we go. You know what I mean? If we can hold uh, three titles and Adrian can hold three titles and we're all champions everywhere we go, that's the goal right now. Uh, the Young Bucks did it. Ultimo Dragon did it back before WCW. That's what we want to do right now. Um, when you start talking about some of these great stables and great tag teams over history, you look at some some of the big ones, New Day, DX, Bullet Club. Inside those stables, you have guys carrying uh, singles competitors' titles. You have people carrying tag titles. You have trios titles. Do you guys look at yourself in the big picture and go, it's primal fear with the members, and it's just however you guys can be successful? Adrian, if you have to be a singles competitor, you're ready to roll. Gabriel or Matt, same for you guys. But then if they call all three of you up together, how do y'all go from working as individuals to singles to tags to the trios? What's the the preparation like to bounce around between the three of you? Uh, I mean, I don't really think it's that difficult, you know? I mean, I probably I haven't had a singles match in probably three <laughs> years, but, I mean, I feel like, you know, I could go out tomorrow and have one like you know because it's it's all it's wrestling you know but like we do want to you know the big picture that we're trying to represent like you said is it's primal fear you know whether i win a championship or matt wins it or adrian wins it whoever wins it primal fear wins it and that's what we're trying to portray yeah to us it's like uh all for one and one for all you, you know we're doing this together um uh, we've been doing this for years. We've been ta- tag team champions in multiple promotions. Adrian has been a champion in multiple promotions. We've been doing tag and singles wherever we go, and we've been doing trios wherever we go. So if you have a trios title, we want it. If you have a singles title, Adrian Soriano is going to win it. If you have tag titles, me and Gabriel Hart are going to win it. It's just the way it's going to be. That's how we want it to be. Yeah, man, just trying to be a jack of all trades, man. Trying to do it all. You guys recently got the to join in and go to an AEW Dark event. You got to work with Dante Martin and a few of the other guys on their roster. What was it like being able to to get up there and work for them? Uh, we've you know we've done a, a few things at AEW and uh, they're a great company. You know we love going there. We know a lot of guys in the locker room from the Indies. Some of them we trained with. So you know sometimes going there, it's kind of like a little. Uh, a little bit of a reunion seeing some people that you know you knew a few years ago that have moved on or whatever but they're a great company they always treat us great yeah i feel like the we've been there twice we've wrestled twice for them and i feel like we didn't weren't really able to showcase much of ourselves but i feel like the next time we do earn an opportunity there it's going to be different we're going to be able to show them what primal fear is all about so i'm definitely looking forward to that next moment the next opportunity uh, moving along, kind of the same question, but looking towards Ring of Honor. When you uh, work for a little bit smaller of a promotion with uh, Ring of Honor, when you have a little bit more freedom with what you can do in the matches and then having a chance to work with such a great group of guys in STP, um, how did you uh, to prepare for that and go into that match? Man, listen, honestly, there was no preparing for that because that kind of came out of nowhere, especially during the pandemic. Uh, like they lost a lot of their their roster because none of them could come out because of the uh, like all the security and stuff not allowing anyone to fly out or whatever. But man, like the first opportunity for us to Ring of Honor was against Mexi Squad with Bandito, Ray Horace, and uh, Flamita, and that came out of nowhere. Man, we just happened to be at the right place at the right time, 
And that was a huge opportunity for us. And we were able to showcase ourselves and they were happy with what they saw. And that earned us an opportunity against STP. So, I mean, like I said, man, there was no prepare for that. It kind of just happened. And we just had to either show up and like just shut up, show up and show out. That was it. It was such a wild time. And like, it feels like we were like, you know, we're our backs against the wall. We're fighting for every opportunity we got. We're, you know, scratching, crawling for whatever we can get. And luckily we were getting all these opportunities, you know, unfortunately Ring of Honor is not a thing right now, but I feel like we were just kind of feel, uh, I, I feel like we were hitting our stride at Ring of Honor at the time and we're only getting better right now. So whatever happens next, you know, very interested, but Ring of Honor gave us an opportunity to showcase our abilities to the whole world, you know? So, yeah. And like, you know, back to that match in particular, that was our only, you know, aside from some dark matches that never got aired or whatever, that was only our third match in Ring of Honor. So, like, you know, it was really cool that they trusted us enough to be like, you know what, man, this is only these guys' third match, but let them go out there and have 10 minutes or 12 minutes, whatever we had. And, like, you know, I feel like we stepped up to the plate and, like, you know, I love that match. I love them guys. You know, we were in the dojo with SOS. SOS was our tryout match to get into the dojo like we wrestled each other so you know we trained with them too so it was really cool to be in the ring you know looking across from them to guys that you know we came in with and like you know in a sense like we were there like a couple years earlier that's what we were fighting for it was cool it was really cool as uh, shout out to shane taylor promotions definitely <laughs> yeah. gotta run it back sometime oh yeah uh, those are great guys. I've had an opportunity to sit down with a few of them. Uh, looking back at it, when you guys were coming up in the Ring of Honor dojo, what were your first impressions when you guys heard that Tony Khan had acquired the Ring of Honor library and everything that went into it? Uh, well, at the time of uh, it being announced that Tony Khan bought it, we had already had, you know, Final Battle had already taken place. So we kind of accepted, you know, life after Ring of Honor. But, you know, when we heard Tony Khan bought it, it kind of, you know, and like he's, you know, I don't know exactly what's happening with it, but, you know, they ran that show uh, in Dallas and it's cool. Hopefully they bring it back. You know, that was the first company that gave us a break and I would love to see it running. Adrian, you got anything to throw in? Uh, yeah, man. Uh like Gabe said, if they bring Ring of Honor back full time and they're looking to add additional people to the rosters, it, I mean, there's apparently word on the street that they might even bring in a trios title. So, I mean, if that's a thing, you know, where our books are open, man, we'll be willing to come down and represent, show them what six-man wrestling is all about. Yeah, it was a little weird because um, hearing about Tony Khan acquiring Ring of Honor, you know, we were like Gabe said, we were sort of the after final battle. It kind of was what it was, but hearing Ring of Honor announcing the hiatus originally was like the biggest shock to us. So I remember like seeing that announcement, like man, damn, that kind of hit hard, you know. Like that was something that hit much harder than hearing about the Tony Khan thing. Um, yeah, because yeah. like at that time, you know, we went from the first, I think, three tapings during COVID not being used to we were getting consistently used almost every taping you know and we were really starting to you know get a little bit of momentum and then all of a sudden we go on instagram and we see that there's no more tapings it's like damn like it felt like at that moment like it felt like everything just you know got taken away 
Um, Gabriel and Matt, when you guys look at tag team wrestling right now in the big picture of things, when you see tag team wrestling in AEW and WWE, it's littered with a lot of high spots and it modern tag team wrestling on the big picture gets a lot of flack because they seem to neglect some of the rules. Uh, do you guys approach tag team wrestling from more of a traditional standpoint or do you feel like it's match to match and you should build the spots based on what's happening in the ring for the crowd? Does that make any, do I make sense with that question? No. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, you can't look at every match the same and, you know, tag team wrestling gets a bad rap, but you could say the same thing about singles wrestling, you know, in a championship match, if they're fighting on the floor, they're not going to get counted out. It's the same thing as in a, a championship tag match. They're not going to count the guys out for running a combo in the ring. Like, sometimes, you know, a little leniency is needed. Yeah, uh, and I, 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 go ahead, Matt. No, I was uh, just like as far as us as a tag team, I feel like we, we approach it a little more old school. Um, we do rely very much on psychology, trying to protect the referee, trying to protect like – any type of illegal maneuvers, whatever like that. But um, uh, we like the like the way Brisk the Briscoes were doing in the past couple of years. I feel like they always protected the refs. I feel like they did tag team wrestling right. FTR yeah, doing tag sure. team right. you know, yeah, FTR and the Briscoes are like, you know, that was that's, you know, like he was saying, a lot of who we try to watch, like, because it's that old like, school, um, pay, or, you know, it's the old school psychology, but it's got, you know, high spots and, and, you know, action all over the place. So I guess uh, once you start, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, as far as like tag and singles wrestling, like it's always you, I think keeping psychology in the match is very, very important because the psychology will help get the crowded, like invested emotionally. And that's what we all want as performers. Uh, but at the same time, like the fans, they want to see exciting stuff as well. You know, like everyone knows if you're a wrestling fan, you pretty much know like the structure of a match already. You know, the baby face gets their shine and he'll get the cut off. He works for a comeback. He works for a finish. Like everyone knows the structure of a match. But now it's our job to try to take that and try to keep it as exciting as possible while keeping that psychology. So you might have to throw in like them, you know, high spots, some cool moves in there. Just throw in the best of the old school with some of the new school. And I think you got yourself a great recipe for success right there. As people watch TV, you know, they've been exposed to what a real fight looks like. Everybody watches UFC. Everybody sees like, okay, that doesn't look like UFC. That can't be real. So we have to kind of blur the lines a little bit. We have to step it up. You can't work the headlock for five minutes anymore. Yeah, I was... not going to work in a fight. I would say I think we have an old school, you know, mindset as far as psychology with just some new school movement with some flashy moves and combos. <laughs> I, I can appreciate that. Um, speaking on that a little bit more, when you look back at some of the old traditional uh, trios and tags and stables from the NWA days, a lot of people bring up the Freebird rule when they talk about these kinds of things. Guys, especially the you know the fabulous Freebirds, obviously the namesake of the rule, but guys who are in stables and stuff who pass around the tag team titles based on which two members or three members are in the territory at that point. Uh, have you guys ever utilized the Freebird rule inside of Primal Fear? We have. That is how we just won the Rise Tag Team Championship, actually. It was a, a six-man tag match for the title. We did it before a couple of years ago, I think, one time, right? Then we do... Yeah, I think one time I might have had to miss a show 
and I think uh, Adrian might have covered. Yeah, and I think it's a great way to you know just uh, keep it like keeping it fresh as well. You know, you don't always see the same two guys. If for any reason one guy can't make it, the, the one can sub, or you know, even like I said, just to keep it fresh and exciting, and you know, just to you know. I think did we win the super crazy tag team championships with the free bird rule? Yeah, you two won them. Oh yeah, see. Oh uh, yeah, see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you uh, work as a singles competitor, Adrian, and you're looking at the the championship gold for you, a lot of people have said holding singles gold is more prestigious than holding a tag title um looking at the, the guys also in your team do you feel like a singles title means more than your tag or is it about the betterment of the whole group uh no i think it's the betterment for the entire group but i think myself as doing like the singles wrestling for the most part i feel as though like i take it upon myself to try and put on the best singles matches that I possibly can because I truly believe in my abilities and being able to structure a match and put a match together. So, like, I mean, it just goes to show when I'm out there and I'm wrestling, man, you, you're going to get, like, your money's worth because I put it all online, man. When I step out through that current, it's 110%, nothing less. Uh, do any one of you have a spot that you've done where you were like, holy shit, I can't believe we pulled that off? Anything I don't know, ahead? maybe jumping jumping off a of gate's back to the outside is pretty cool the first time we did it because we never practiced it. We just did it, and yeah. it worked pretty fine. You know, I just, I'm always afraid of slipping, especially later on in the match for all <laughs> sweaty or whatever. But now it was good. <laughs> Excellent, gentlemen. Um, well, I close all of my interviews with five rapid-fire questions for everybody. Um, so I'll ask a question, and if all three of you want to answer, if only one of you want to chime in on each one, that's cool, too. Uh, first one I always start with, what's your favorite fast food? Wendy's. Wendy's? McDonald's. McDonald's, baby. I would have to say Burger King. Really? <laughs> three this is the driving after the show. Damn, so that, that means we're all going to separate restaurants after the show. Like I'll figure out what's supposed to. A house divided, thing. A house divided <laughs> on where the car goes for dinner after the show. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Wendy's Burgers. I think McDonald's has the best French fries. Uh, Burger King's just never really been my cup of tea. Uh, my fast food oh, is damn. always Taco Bell, 100%. Taco Bell is good. Mm. I kind of wish I said Taco Bell after I said one of these. <laughs> yeah. Can't do Taco Bell. Can't do it. I'm sorry. Um, who was your favorite superstar growing up as a kid? Undertaker. Yeah, for me, it was Shawn Michaels. The Rock. Those are three solid picks. I think we're all around the same age. Uh, my two favorite are always Shawn Michaels and Mick Foley, 100%. Uh, mm. Growing up in the Attitude Holy Era. God. Yeah, I was uh, growing up in the Attitude Era, the hardcore wrestling, ECW days. Like I grew up watching that, Al Snow, um, a lot of that stuff. So I had a ton of fun watching Mick Foley grow up. Um, what, what's your favorite venue you guys have wrestled in? Fine. Hammerstein Ballroom, is that what you said, Gabe? Yeah. But the 2300 isn't far behind. 
Yeah, Hammer's Time Bomber was just so cool. It just has a, like a special atmosphere about itself. When we wrestled there for the first time, it was just it was very special. So I'm gonna go with Hammer's Time Bomber as well. Yeah, uh, I, I would have said the uh, UMBC Arena in Baltimore. Yeah, that has just... like that's like uh, personal significance. Yeah, <laughs> for some now, reason, Addison, just like Martin was cool too, but we didn't wrestle. Yeah. Listen, we haven't gotten to wrestle in a UMBC Arena with. With a crowd, with a it's crowd. Open. That's what I'm saying. That's like, damn. Yeah. If we got to wrestle in front of a crowd, it'd be nice, but it'd probably be Hammerstein. Yeah, Hammerstein Ballroom. That's yeah. a that's a great pick. Like uh, I've I've heard a lot of people say, uh, like in Philadelphia, the ECW arena and stuff like that. Hammerstein's the first. Yeah, you guys are the first ones to to say that one specifically, though. I've heard MSG. I've heard some of the other ones, but that's a great pick. It reminds me of a place in Nashville called War Memorial. It's not a super big auditorium but when you get into it it feels a lot bigger because those five six seven hundred people fill it up so well it sounds like it could be a couple thousand without even missing a beat um if you guys had a favorite finisher that is either a tag team finisher or a singles finisher either one what's your favorite finisher Uh, rko okay yeah yeah i was gonna say the same the same exact thing rko I can't well, think man, of it right say, now. It's the, it's the say, risk. Just say RKO, it, It's bro. so technical. <laughs> just say RKO. The rock bottom. The rock bottom. <laughs> I always throw a random one out, and uh, my favorite finisher in the moment is the five-star frog splash. I think RVD perfected it. Montez Ford has stepped it up one step further. Mm. Uh, it always looks good to me. It's one of those that everybody can sell. He looks good doing it. Like It's one of those, and it's protected. You almost never see him do it if he's not going to get the three count, you know? So I appreciate that as well. Um, Closing question is, what is your favorite musical artist or performing group? Eminem. Mm. I mean, if we're going with rap, I'm a huge Lil Wayne fan, so I'm going to go with Lil Wayne. I have to say there's a band called Gojira right now it's probably my favorite yeah if i was going heavy metal gojira was gonna be my pick (laughs) um i go my favorite hip-hop group is always wu-tang clan um i appreciate the east coast hip-hop i was always a biggie over pot guy um favorite metal Uh, man honestly i've been listening to a lot of slipknot lately like, not just mm. new Slipknot, but old Slipknot, too. Like, their first album, Iowa, uh, Subliminal no, Verses. Like, their first three albums were all bangers. Like, you can't... Yeah. You, those first three albums didn't have a bad song on them, as far as metal. Yeah, me and Matt so saw good. them live a, a couple months ago, man. They're putting on such an amazing show. It was so good. Yeah, killed it. Hearing them with the new drummer after they lost Joey, I was super impressed with that because he just picked up and just took off, never missed a beat with it. So I was super hyped when I heard that they got the new drummer in. Awesome. Yeah, the latest album was pretty good too. So keep it up, Slipknot. Keep doing your thing. Excellent, gentlemen. This is the part of the show where I tell you all to have an opportunity to plug your stuff, tell everybody where your socials are and where they can find you guys. Awesome, man. If you guys want to help support Primal Fear, support your boys, you can buy our merchandise at ProWrestlingTees.com slash TruePrimalFear. We are also on WhatAManeuver.com. Just look for the store section and type in Primal Fear and you'll see our store right there. 
But if you want to follow me individually, you can find me on Instagram at Soriano Saga. Same thing on Twitter, Soriano underscore Saga. My Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all the same. It's uh, fear underscore Gabriel 13. Matt? And you can find uh, me at MattOman999 on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, stream live, video games sometimes. And you also find uh, our individual t-shirts, uh, myself at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Matt Omen 999. I know Adrian has one as well. Yeah, and we got a YouTube guys... channel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're still we're still in the works with that, but we just released our first vlog on on YouTube. Just look up Primal Fear Vlog One, and we'll pop up. We got another one coming out this week. And if you guys want to reach out to us personally, you can reach out at our email, which is TruePrimalFear at gmail.com. Excellent, gentlemen. As we close another episode of Botch Bots and Chair Shots, I just want to take a minute and thank you for listening. Remind you to like, follow, subscribe, unsubscribe, then subscribe again everywhere you do anything on the internet. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all the options. And remember, thanks for stopping by and listening, my people.